0: Welcome to the Rock is George podcast. I'm your host, George Dion, and this is episode 112. Thank you for tuning in. Be sure to hit the subscribe or follow button and check us out at the loudest.com on the planet, knac.com. My guest for this episode is blues guitarist Clay Melton. He has a brand new single out called Alive on a Wire. It's from his forthcoming as yet untitled studio album. Last year, Clay released Live in Texas, sort of a live version preview of some of the songs that are going to end up on the studio album. Prior to that, his highly regarded EP, Back to Blue, was released in 2021. Clay's getting ready to hit the road for an extensive spring summer jaunt, a little bit through the South and then through the East Coast. I had the chance to catch up with him prior to heading out. So here's. Blues guitarist, Clay Melton. If, if I knew absolutely nothing about Clay Melton, how would you describe your music to me?
1: Man, it's rock and blues. It's uh, the real deal trio thing. You know, where we, we sound like a band in a room doing it with uh, instruments. And Who's loud. A... I'd add loud to that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Who's a part of your band? Who backs you up?
1: Uh, Zach Grindle is on the drums, and then uh, Zachary Cox is on bass. Uh, I've known both of them. I've known I've been playing with uh, Grendel, the drummer, for about almost coming up on nine years. And I've known uh, Zach Cox since middle school. And he joined the band about a year and a half ago.
0: Okay. And you, you just released a single from your forthcoming album called "Alive Live on a Wire. It's a hard rock and blues uh, track. If you want to talk a little bit, what, what inspired the lyrics of this song?
1: Uh, we wrote the song when we were coming off of uh, our summer tour last summer. And it was one of those tours where it was just go, 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 just kind of whirlwind, like, you know, the show every day and long, long nights uh, after the show and, you know, the typical touring thing, but it, it was a very fun and successful tour and, and couldn't have gone smoother. And so we uh, came feeling kind of energized out of it. So it's kind of about, it was about that energy and tour life being on the road. And, uh, you know, now that it's coming out this year before our next tour, it's kind of like kind of an anthem for us. We play it early on in the set, kind of get us hyped up for the rest of the show.
0: Absolutely. And you have another single on the way in a couple of months on April 14th, Runner, which I believe you previewed on your Live in Texas album, if you want to talk a little bit about what inspired that song.
1: Yeah, Runner was... um We recorded and released on our last uh live album, Live in Texas. And that, along with a handful of songs on that album... When we released them on live in Texas, it was the first time they'd ever been heard before or released. And in addition, it was the first time they've ever been performed before live the night they were recorded at the concert, Um, which was intentional. You know, I had always loved hearing artists that I like do a live album after I've fallen in love with the studio album. And, you know, you hear things that you know are different, that they've changed things up or something, and it's exciting. And so this is just the flop of that experience and uh, we've taken some of those songs now and are doing studio versions of them uh, here at my house and you know we've had we had a whole year of touring also since those uh, recordings were uh, for the live album committed and so they've grown in different ways and a couple of the songs from live in Texas we thought we'd uh, give them a go
0: of the studio version and about how far how far along are you with this new studio album coming out?
1: We've got most of it written um, and we're in process uh, of getting the mixes and still tracking done. You know, I'd like to, I think, throw a couple more songs on there before I, I call it done. Um, and, you know, that with the writing process, that can mean writing, you know, if I only want two more songs, I might write five or I might just write two. And those are the two, you know, um, sometimes it's just you keep going until you're sure that's the one. Right.
0: <laughs> do you have a name for the album yet
1: uh we got some names in the works but we're keeping that under wraps so far and as well as the release date
0: okay is it difficult i know you're you, you do a lot of touring so i mean it's obviously difficult trying to put an album together while you're on the road and it makes sense that you would release the live album in, in between
1: yeah the live album was kind of to the fact you know we, we were ready to get back on the road after the the pandemic and things had started to you know pick back up um and so it it saves a lot i mean whenever you record the concert in one night you know that's a whole different thing you have a lot of time to mix and uh we focused on touring because you know that's a way different than a studio album where who knows how long you'll be tracking um so this year it is very much whenever we're not on the road we're in the studio and finishing this album and By studio, I mean my living room. We're doing this whole album ourselves and then uh, mixing it with who mixed live in Texas, as well as a couple of our tracks for Texas Cyclone. Uh, His name's Sebastian Cure, And I met him working in Austin, but he's from Columbia originally and moved back down there during the pandemic. So we're doing everything online and he's
0: just killer. Your music is released through Watchtower Entertainment. Is that your label or is that somebody else that you use for distribution?
1: No that's ours we're uh we're independent unsigned um as far as labels go and at this point it's it's working for us, but we thought we put together a little company to you know to release things through and um hopefully eventually you know in the long term future we'd love to produce and bring on other artists
0: obviously financially, you have some restrictions as an independent artist uh, a lot of people put in there releases on vinyl i noticed you don't have any vinyl yet but are you planning on it maybe for the next album
1: i i believe definitely for the next album we ran out uh we did vinyl for burn the ships our very first album and it sold very well it, it uh it sold out <clears throat> and uh so yeah no we definitely love to do it you know our last album being live and it being uh, kind of a let's get back out on the road we just did, didn't end up doing vinyl because of turnaround times uh can be tricky uh there's still not a lot of plants um duplicating these uh vinyl records but um for this upcoming album we'll definitely have it available
0: great are you a vinyl fan yourself
1: i am uh if i could pan over a little i got a whole shelf of all kinds of stuff this house belonged to my grandparents uh they've since passed but they had a huge uh record collection here with a lot of great you know like 50s vocal groups and texas country and all kinds of stuff
0: even though you're independent, I, I notice you're working with uh, Grammy award winning studio people for your live album. You had Malcolm Harper. He's he's a multi Grammy winner. How do you how do you get in contact with people like that?
1: I mean, <clears throat> obviously, you know, this is said all the time. The people, you know, is is how things come together that you would never think would happen. Right. Uh, we met Danny Jones, um, who produced Black to Blue, our last studio EP. Um through a friend of ours and publicist here in Houston, John in Houston, PR is his uh, title. And um, he also introduced us to Malcolm. They're in the same circle. Both of them are heavily involved in the Grammy boards here in Texas and uh, are great people. And Malcolm is actually, he's here in Houston. He's uh, based out of Austin, Texas, but he's here right now. He does the uh, recording and um, all the audio engineer work for the rodeo here in Houston. Um, and so he's a busy man and he recorded live in Texas and, and just, it's killer to work with whenever you work with people that have been doing it that long. And, you know, the accolades speak for their experience. Um, it's just, it's, it's a different level of how seamless things can be rather than the DIY approach on a lot of things where you're wearing 12 different hats, you know,
0: when you recorded live in Texas, which came out last year, no, it came out in 2022, which is almost a year, uh, was your intention just to record one show and that's it? Or was, was there just a possibility of doing multiple shows and then just picking the best performances?
1: We, uh, we intended to do the one show. Uh, it was kind of a culmination of having certain people there and available, um, as well as wanting to keep it to just one audience and uh, keep it real, too. You know, uh, I didn't want to be doctoring up a live album. Uh, after the fact, i <laughs> would be shaking my head for years if I if we were doing that. Um, so I, it was it was definitely intentional to kind of keep it just direct in one show.
0: And you're not really wasting any time. You're heading back out on the road pretty soon for a tour through the spring and through the summer. So um, I know you're coming my way in May in Massachusetts here. So this is sort of more of an eastern trek than staying closer to your hometown uh, in Texas.
1: Yeah, yeah, we're kicking off uh, April. Uh, technically, our kickoff is coming up this week in Houston um, at Dosey Doe We're doing it's our second annual Clay Clay and Friends concerts, which is the first one was where Live in Texas was recorded. We had Cyril Tuna, Cool in the Gang, coming up. Uh, Evelyn Rubio from here in Houston, um, and so this year we have a uh, different guest, but it's kicking off this Thursday. But <clears throat> april 23rd is where we first leave town and we're at the baton rouge blues fest and then everything else is on the east coast virginia massachusetts we have three or four dates and um we're playing daryl's club up in new york so if you're up, up in that area grab some tickets
0: i'll probably catch you in cape cod when you get to west yarmouth uh the other places are way out west <laughs> where you pop in Amherst. <laughs> like that that's like a two-hour ride but uh yeah yeah have you ever played Daryl's House before? I've heard good things.
1: No, I love the TV show. Yeah. Um, and so so I'm a little psyched personally to just check it out. I've never been up to Pauling either, and so we're excited about that.
0: Great. Um, you recently opened up for Grand Funk Railroad, and you've played with Robert Cray and Chris Daughtry and Night Ranger and all these big bands. Do you ever, you ever get a little starstruck or fanboyed?
1: Uh, sure. You know, I mean, at at the very worst, if if I'm feeling like that, then I try not to, uh, to, to bother anybody. Right. (laughs) But it's, it's, but sometimes you're like, oh man, you know, you want to ask him all these questions. I'm a music nerd at heart. So it is hard sometimes.
0: (laughs) And I saw that you played out in California with, at the Whiskey A Go Go with Paul Gilbert, who is quite the different guitar player than you are. But, uh, I would imagine that you guys had to have traded conversations there.
1: He's a super nice guy, and his trio was extremely tight. I mean, they really, yeah, they tore the roof off that thing. I love uh, his guitar tone just sings, you know?
0: Uh, your your guitar influences are uh, Billy Gibbons of ZZ Top and Stevie Ray Vaughan, and um, they they lean towards the rock side of blues. Ed, you ever had an opportunity to meet either one of these gentlemen? Well, probably not Stevie Ray uh, Vaughan. Probably not. Yeah,
1: unfortunately, him. unfortunately, not. I, I haven't met uh Billy Gibbons either yet. Either, um, I'd really love to, really love to. Um, I've I've seen ZZ Top, um, but I would love to uh, just see him talk about guitar and uh, have a conversation with him. Uh,
0: you were born in Louisiana and you grew up in Texas. You've been performing since. You were 13 years old. Did you perform professionally or were you just, you know, doing like little performances as you do when you start up a band as a kid?
1: Uh, prior to at 13, 14, we actually were getting uh, some opening gigs and uh, things like that at clubs. But prior to that, I was uh, playing um, with there's a lot of, you know, there's a Ridge Blues history here in Houston. Um, the Blues Society here is very active and. There were a lot of mentors at open jams where I was playing and stuff, and um, you know my dad would have to accompany me to the bars for them to let me in, and thankfully he did, and uh, and so that's where I got a lot of early experience. And Dosey Doe, actually, funny enough, here in Houston, uh, it's a very is is a great room. It's a cool uh, like three hundred year old barn. They moved down in pieces from somewhere in the Delta, and acoustically it's beautiful. But uh, Steve Syed there uh, was one of the first cats to. Give me a chance as a kid to like you know open for some bands and you know play a ticketed show
0: great uh have you always played the same guitar and used the same rig since you started out have you been loyal to that or have you found that as you get older you 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 favored another brand
1: the guitar has stayed true the amp the rig has changed a million times as you know the, the search for tone never ends. I'm pretty, uh I'm pretty happy right now. I mean, there's a million, I, I know I'm going to keep trying things. I'm very happy with what I'm uh doing right now. But my main guitar has always been a Strat. I didn't have that, this Strat when I first started, I had uh, like a more of a knockoff Strat. Um, and then eventually graduated to a Fender Stratocaster. And you know, it adds some mods and stuff like that. But um, it's the same piece of wood.
0: Uh, I think Fender Stratocaster is probably the go-to blues guitar as it is with everyone.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, the, nothing handles like a Strat to me. It just kind of, you you can kind of manhandle it. You can play d- delicately as well. And it's very responsive. It's very, it doesn't lie to you either. <laughs> um, you know, and I, I have other types of guitars, you know, some Humbuckers and Gibsons and uh, um ES, Epiphone ES339 that I'm really fond of. That do those other things but uh whenever it comes to playing our set live my strat can kind of do everything i want a guitar to do within you know the sounds that we're doing
0: are you a self-taught guitarist or did you take lessons
1: i took about a year and a half of lessons when i started and got through the fundamentals and stuff and then very quickly picked up playing with uh my friend kyle tom cheston who's now our tour manager um, he played the drums, I played guitar and I'd ride over on my bike with an amp balanced on the bars, you know, um, after school and we play in the garage every day and playing with people was the experiences when I first started that really, I think, taught me most lessons and all your kind of training and practice kind of uh, combines and you're, you start to learn in a kind of an accelerated rate just because the instant lessons you get in a jamming environment, playing with other people, having to pay attention to not just one thing yourself, you know?
0: Absolutely. Do you do anything else in uh, the music field, like maybe behind the scenes or studio session work or anything like that?
1: Yeah, I love doing studio work. Um, One, because it can be a role that you never know what kind of session you're coming into. Um, And it's fun to try and just lift up an idea um, as a part of a team. Um, which is just, you know, what we're doing whenever we're working on our own stuff, but it's just a different process. Um, uh, when you can be kind of a little removed and just fill the role of they needed a guitar player. Um so yeah, I do session work and I, I teach lessons as well. This year it's gonna be so busy on the road that we're mostly gonna be touring or recording and which is I'm you know, grateful and very happy for. It's the position I've wanted to be in for most of my life and so we're excited to be out on the road.
0: So when you go out on the road on these longer treks, are you able to kind of take in the sites in the uh, major cities and states that you go to, or is there just no time for that?
1: <clears throat> there, Sometimes there is, you know, I mean, you know, as you'd assume and, and no, it's a lot of parking lots. Um, and it's a lot of hurry up and wait, but that's also, I mean, whenever we do get to take in anything that's local, it's one of my favorite parts of touring, you know, I love to travel in the first place. And so, you know, even if it's just something, you know, small that we have time to go and do as a a group, it's very, it's great for uh, everybody's mindset and, you know, um, morale as well, getting out and just doing something, especially in nature, whenever we're somewhere, you know, pretty, um, it's good for the group.
0: Since you have your own label to put out your own material, have you ever thought about uh, putting out other artists' material?
1: Yes. In the long term, uh Watchtower uh, Entertainment will be, you know, finding artists that um we can help support and bring up and, you know produce, you know, or whatever the whatever the role ends up being. It's it's very uh loose right now. Our idea is let's let's get it right and figure out how we do this for ourselves so then we can help people.
0: Are there gonna be opening acts along the way for this upcoming tour? Is it just a night with Clay Melton?
1: We uh we have a mix of um and most the uh, opening acts are local to the to the areas. We have a uh, Davey Knowles I know is uh, playing for us at Amherst at the Drake, um, and then we have an opener at Sellersville in Pennsylvania. But um, but yeah, uh, every uh, every concert is basically a Clay Mellon headliner.
0: righty. well those are all the questions I have for you today, Clay. The new single's out now. It's alive on a wire. And you got Runner on the way in April and the full album uh, to be to be announced soon.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's coming this year for sure.
0: <laughs> awesome. I had a great time learning more about you and I wish you the best of luck and I hope to see you uh, May 12th in uh, West Yarmouth. Yes,
1: sir. I appreciate it.
0: Once again, I want to thank Clay Melton for coming on the Rock is George podcast. Be sure to check out his latest single Alive on a Wire out now on all streaming platforms. While you're there, check out Live in Texas. Fantastic live album. It'll let you in on everything you need to know about Clay Melton. And of course, his 2021 EP, Back to Blue. Take a listen to those albums. If you like what you hear, go out and buy a copy. Support the artist. For all things Clay Melton, head over to his official website, claymelton.com. I also want to thank John Lappin of Lappin Enterprises for making this interview possible. You've been great. I've been George Dion. I'll see you again soon.